0: This meeting is being recorded.
1: Welcome to Scalable and Sellable, where we find out what great entrepreneurs have done to scale their businesses to millions. Stay right here for the next few minutes to leverage validated methodologies for growth and create a way more scalable and sellable business for yourself. Let's get started. Um, would you mind telling our audience a little bit more about who you are and what your business is? Sure.
0: Uh, so I've been in the automobile insurance business for over 30 years, uh, started my career uh, at a family-owned uh, entity back in 1987. Uh, we were a single-state operator. We were known as uh, what is known as a managing general agency, which does everything that carriers do, except at the time uh, have the capital to actually have the insurance company license. Typically, we work with a carrier. Uh, leverage their license, obtain reinsurance and write the business as if we were the carrier ourselves. We would have our claims organization, an underwriting organization, marketing uh, systems, everything, again, that you would normally associate uh, with a uh, typical carrier. And like most businesses, uh, being smart, but being timing has uh, a lot to do with success, being in the right place at the right time. Uh, we were able to scale our business. Uh, we were, again, a single state Florida-based company, uh, but had an opportunity to move out and do business in California. Uh, we grew our business in California from the first year of writing $4 million, within six years writing well, above $180 million. Uh, yeah. Again, a lot being uh, in the right place, right time, but also uh, having an infrastructure that would allow us to grow that quickly. Uh, Obviously we had to grow an underwriting department, which ran 24 seven for a period of time. We had to grow a claims department. So a lot of hiring, uh, a lot of management uh, and some key things we learned there. And then um, subsequently because this business, uh, like a lot of businesses, capital intensive, uh, we were utilizing a tremendous amount of reinsurance and therefore, while we had at that time about $17 million in capital, we were writing, like I said, over $170, $180 million premium, which meant that we were seeding out 90% of our business. And basically, uh, a lot of the business itself was so profitable that we were seeding out a tremendous amount of the profits. Uh, so at that time, uh, the principals decided that this was an opportunity for them to have an exit strategy. And we hired uh, private bankers uh, who no longer exist today at DLJ, and uh, ultimately sold that business to KKR. It was one of the first uh, private equity acquisitions of an insurance entity at the time. And I remained on as president and chief operating officer for several years at that company as we continued to grow it and expand into multiple states. Uh, I subsequently left and started my own managing general agency again, uh, starting from scratch and been operating that for the past 18 years, writing a business in multiple states. And about seven or eight years ago, also started our own insure tech uh, company that uh, is called ClaimRide that has a uh, continued mobility uh, solution associated with it that has kind of been our focus the last two years. And has grown uh, substantially over the last uh,
1: twenty-four months. Oh wow! Over the last twenty-four months. So you've watched. Uh, you know, you've been a part of a company growing from a, a you know small thing to over one hundred eighty million since the eighties. You've left, started another company from scratch, grown that. What do you attribute your growth to?
0: Uh, I guess a lot of our growth is understanding a marketplace having the right strategic partners uh, not trying to be something we're not and again being uh, again kind of more focused and nimble uh, because we do compete in a space in which you have a lot of giant companies uh, who you know are billion dollar you know I think the top, 10 or 12 companies, right? 70% of all the auto insurance business in the United States, yet there's hundreds and hundreds of other carriers out there. Uh, and so we're all looking for our own strategic niche, uh, niches uh, in a marketplace that we're able to fill. Uh, and so we've been fairly successful at identifying those niches over and, and over, always from my perspective, evolving, right? If you Uh, trying to stay the same or stay the same size, it typically means you're shrinking and dying. Uh, So therefore, I think it's really important uh, as a smaller entity to constantly be looking at who you are, what services you're providing and understand the nature of your marketplace and evolve Mm. with it.
1: Yeah, Uh, man, I'm sure you've learned a lot along the way from all these different past experiences and starting multiple companies. From scratch, if, if you were coming into another brand new business, a different business, what would be some of the first things that you think you'd look into to start growing that company?
0: Uh, I think having adequate capital is always a, a serious consideration. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough to start my companies from scratch, uh, but understanding the marketplace today uh, and moving a little bit faster into different markets generally requires greater capital. Uh, than any one individual typically would have when starting a business. So I think capital is very, very important. Uh, And relationships, right? How are you going to utilize the capital? And how are you going to become profitable? Um, I'm not a great believer in uh, these faux businesses that I've seen grow over the last three to four years, especially in our particular niche of insurance and insure tech. Um, the you know, the idea of fake it till you make it just doesn't work. You have to think about being profitable, in my opinion, from as early stage as possible. Um, and recognizing that's not always going to be the case, but understanding that that's your, from my perspective, the immediacy of what your goals need to be. It's not just about thinking about raising the next additional funds and then the next additional funds and always chasing capital. But ultimately, it's it's, do you have an actual business model that works that will be profitable? And then how do you scale it? And can you scale it?
1: Got it. Um, Is there any book that jumps out that's one of the more influential books that you've read or listened to?
0: Honestly, not really. Uh, it's more about probably t- people that I've worked with uh, who've taught me a tremendous amount, uh, whether it was specific to my industry or not. Uh, mm-hmm. Even my opportunity to work with the folks at KKR years ago who didn't know anything about insurance and would be the first people to tell you, but they knew everything about the business of business. Mm-hmm. Right. So there was, you know, for mm-hmm. me, I think the key is always willing to learn and understanding that you're never the smartest guy in the room, that everybody has something to say, listen to it. Um, and again, I think listening more than talking is probably more important than anything. It's really understanding what others are looking for and understanding how to hopefully attain that for them. Uh, mm-hmm. so again, it wasn't so much about books, but it was always about a willingness to learn. Uh, when I first started, I have to tell you, I read every uh, legal statutory book on insurance in the particular states we operated in. Mm-hmm. Tried to become an expert, uh, mm-hmm. any scale, uh, in in our market segments, and mm-hmm. and take it from there. So again, for me, it was more about the people that I worked with and learned from than any particular book, mm-hmm. but again, I think you're onto something very important and that is the ability to continue to learn uh, and be willing to learn uh, over the course of your career.
1: Yeah. If you could go back in time to when you were first starting out and say one thing to younger you, what would you say? Uh,
0: (laughs) That's a great, uh, be cautious about your decisions um, and don't, you know, Things sometimes always look greener elsewhere, um, but you know, again, understand that uh, you know there is. You have to take some risks in life, and and that's okay. And sometimes you'll win, and sometimes you lose. But that's how uh, I think you succeed over the long term. My biggest frustration today is working with large companies in which the individuals are not risk takers at all, and it seems mm-hmm. like they're there to do nothing but protect their jobs. As right. opposed to actually grow the business, okay. um, and I just bang my head against the wall with dealing with those types of people, and then I realized, you know what, you have to talk to the CEOs or people who are incentivized uh, as to how to grow and why they're growing their business, and if you have mm-hmm. a product solution or, or something to help them uh, be more successful, they'll they'll gravitate towards you and uh, to yeah. your company and to your product. Uh, otherwise, you're just dealing
1: with bureaucracy and yeah, uh, bureaucracy. Yeah, uh, I I know we've had CEOs in our uh, peer groups that came from, you know, an executive level position with a humongous, gigantic, you know, company with lots of layers and bureaucracy, and then they started their own companies. And we always joke that they went from a cruise ship to a skateboard, and uh, and you know, a lot of quick turns and falls, but it's. Probably more fun, but um, what questions should I be asking you that I haven't?
0: Uh, no, I, I think you're on point, at least for, for us and, w- and what we've tried to accomplish. And, and again, I, I think uh, when you're smaller, uh, you know, all I can suggest is surrounding yourself with people who, again, it, it's not what their particular educational background is, it's their ability to want and continue to learn uh, because what I have found is most people are learning their their the business, their skills real time, right? That they, you know, again, if if you've been taught how to learn, to me, that's the most important thing. If you just come with a certain skill set, that's fine. I think that's limiting. Um, and I also am a great believer in I don't have time to babysit employees. Right, I want to hire and find people who are willing to take their own initiative. They'll make some mistakes. That's okay, mm-hmm. um, and I, I learned to live with that because you just you can't make all decisions for all the people, uh, right. and you have to let people succeed and fail within the parameters that you try to establish for them. Um, but again, if you're trying to micromanage people, you'll never grow your business. You just you can't.
1: Yeah, I remember one time. God, I'm trying to remember what country I was in. Some other country. And there was this incredible burger place. And we went there and it was the one guy that like took us to our table. He took our order. Then he went in the kitchen, made the burgers. He was fanatical about the burger, best burger I've ever had. But he told me if somebody calls and wants to take the burger to go, he'll find out how far they'd be driving it back. And if it's too far, he won't even do it because the burger wouldn't be right. But I thought but it's a great burger, but he's so limited. You know, he, he was, nothing was good enough in any single role. And it's just that one guy. Right. But,
0: and, and I think on that point, the other thing that I've learned is you're never going to get to hundred percent correct. So if you're at 98, whatever, I mean, that's right. phenomenal. Uh, take it and run. Uh, I've learned that with my systems. I've learned it with my mm-hmm. people. I've mm-hmm. learned it with the business itself. Right. Um, if you're looking for perfection, you'll never achieve it and you'll never have success. Um, I think success comes from understanding sort of the limitations and, and recognizing that certain things, the best you're going to get it is what it is um, and and take advantage of, of what you have uh, and leverage it as much as you can.
1: Yeah, well said. Um, any parting words of wisdom, advice for the <laughs> entrepreneurs out there in the trenches right now? Uh, marry into a rich family. I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Take it easy. Find somebody that's already got the money and just relax. (laughs) Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's again, I I think, you know,
0: I, I, I think some people are too caught up in sort of the, you know, have to be so passionate about the specific business. I think you have to be passionate about the business of business. And, and that there's lots of opportunities for things that maybe not be as, as, as sexy as you think they are or could be. I mean, I didn't grow up as an eight year old saying, I wanna be in the insurance business, right? You know, you wanna be a baseball player or a basketball, whatever it is. Um, but again, you can be successful if you are really looking at it as just again, uh, trying to build a successful business regardless what mm. would
1: you, you may be selling or working mm. with or
0: developing? Um, I, I Again, yeah, I think you can have great success. That's you, great
1: you, advice. You fall in love with the game of business itself, because no matter what the passion is, you work right. super hard, have a million obstacles blow up in your face, you're still going to burn out. So just stay in love with the game of, of business. Yeah, that's awesome, exactly.
0: man. Awesome.